Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts or on Patreon a day early. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good, Kenny. Yeah, doing good. As you know, I did a big interview on, when was it? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday night, two days ago. Yeah, with Jake the Snake Roberts. So that will be in issue 31 of Inside the Ropes magazine. So, uh, yeah, Very it went exciting. well. Yeah, Very it went exciting. well. Yeah, I thought it went well. We, we talked about a lot of different topics. And um, as people know, he's very candid about basically everything. Um, and, um, yeah, really good chat with him. We talked about all sorts of different things in his career. You know, just the, you know, like the, the Cobra, King Cobra angle with Randy Savage. You know, we talked about... The disastrous match at Halloween Havoc 92 is Sting. Spin the wind, we'll make the deal. We talked about AAA. He was there for a while, actually. Attracted some amazing heel heat when he was working for the AAA company during its you know hot period in 93, 94. Uh, we talked about um, his interactions with um, people like Bill Watts and Eddie Graham and Stu Hart. Uh, obviously, Vince McMahon. We talked about the Rick Rude feud, which was, you know, in uh, in um, motion when I first discovered WWF wrestling in spring of 1988. Talked about uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about um, famous angle that he did with um, 
Kevin Sullivan and Dusty Rhodes in Championship Wrestling from Florida, where Jake dressed up as Santa Claus. That was really funny, a really good story there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all sorts of other things. So um, I hope people will enjoy reading that uh, when it's published in Inside the Ropes magazine later this month. Very exciting. And obviously that is going to be in addition to the disastrous thing that we're going to have in there that we're not revealing just yet. But um it's gonna be it's gonna be a, an, an F Martin packed issue is gonna is gonna be issue thirty one. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. You know, quite a contrast between the two interviews. We'll tell you uh, next week who the uh, disaster interview was with. We'll talk about that next week on the podcast. I've had uh, people yeah, ask uh, me quit. I've had people tweeting me if going, is, is it a he or a she? Give me a clue. And all it's a he, it's a he, it's a person everyone knows. Um, I don't, I don't think in a way that people will be that surprised. Um, you know, but I think it'll be interesting, especially you know, without giving away what's going to be in the magazine. I think it will be interesting for you know, for us to have a quick chat about, about the person, the situation on the podcast. So I think it should be interesting listening and interesting reading for people uh, when they read the next issue. So yes, um, well, listen, let's dive into some news. I mean. <laughs> Brock Lesnar is 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 obviously in the news. You know, we talked on uh, Tuesday about our utter bewilderment, befuddlement. You know, <laughs> there are various words about the fact that he's facing Omas at WrestleMania, and there's a lot of stories out there. Yeah, obviously we don't know the truth. There are there are reports out there that Vince McMahon specifically basically kind of asked for asked for this match with Omas to happen, um, and obviously you know. If Vince, if Vince is someone who could put himself back in charge at any moment, maybe you throw him a bone if that's what he wants. But the bigger story comes from Fightful, where they said that you know the plan was going to be Lesnar and Wyatt, and Brock Lesnar said no chance, <laughs> refused to uh, to work with Bray Wyatt for the second time in his career. Um, I think he also refused back in 2016. But um, I mean. You do have to. I mean, as as underwhelming, and I'm I am not complimenting Brock Lesnar, Omas. Make no mistake about it. But in some ways, you do need to again think that Lesnar is the smartest guy in wrestling because he understood that facing Bray Wyatt could be a disaster for him, and steered well clear of it, Finn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean. I sense that Brock doesn't sit around watching as much wrestling each week as you and I do, Kenny. That's a fa- fair comment. Fair comment. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I think our well-placed sources would confirm that if we were to ask them. Um, <laughs> I imagine that he is aware of the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Probably watched highlights of it. Possibly Paul Heyman just communicated to. Lesnar, if Lesnar couldn't be bothered to watch it, just how bad it was and how this would be the wrong move for him. Um, it's the wrong move for anyone wrestling Bray Wyatt at the moment. Um, so I don't blame him at all for turning down this match with Bray Wyatt. I think he probably could have made it work. We talked about this on Tuesday. I mean, Lesnar has this sense of humor. He doesn't, obviously doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, he understands wrestling and he knows how to get the best out of a rotten situation. Uh, but I mean, he was like, hold on a second. What is he going to say? Am I going to have to go into the fun? I mean, let's now go into the fun house. I've got to say, Kenny, would have, there would have been some, you know, comedy value in that. So in some ways, I feel like maybe I would have liked to have seen Lesnar versus Wyatt just for the, you know, sheer sort of, you know, 
stupidity of it all and just how, I mean, it would have just been absurd on an industrial scale. So I think there would have been some entertainment value there. But by the same token, I totally understand why Lesnar said, no, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with this guy because it just doesn't make any sense. You know, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high risk, high risk situation, right? Because Brock yeah. can't really, con- it's like Brock Lesnar can't really control if he's in there as much as we would love to see how bonkers it would be. But he can't really control that. You know, if Wyatt is, is you know, it's like we saw with the stuff he did with Lashley on Raw when he's doing the muscle man dance and all that. And he's, you know, got images of, uh, you know, Lashley, a uh, uh, still Lashley doing the muscle man dance and stuff. Like, Lesnar can't control how that would be viewed. So I feel like he's maybe just like, I'm not, I'm not taking any chances here. I'm not, you know, which is fair. I, I, I totally get it. I mean, it's- unfortunately, we get lumbered with the world's most boring match. At WrestleMania, but I guess it's it's better that for him than to <laughs> to go, than to go in there with uh, with Bray. Yeah, well, I mean, pro wrestling's a, a me 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 business. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, you got to <laughs> that's the way it works. I mean, you know, you have to look after yourself generally. So um, Lesnar has done that. He's got the power to say no, and good for him. Um, and yeah, poor Bobby Lashley is the one who will instead have to uh, do whatever he's going to do with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Um, and Lashley, you can just see there's the fire in his eyes has just gone out. It's been extinguished. Mm-hmm. You know, he just looks demoralized by what awaits him. And I don't, I don't blame <laughs> Lashley for being like, you know, in a despairing mood about this. I, you know, I, sh- you know, I don't, I kind of, I feel his pain. You know, I don't want to see Wyatt wrestle ever again, ever again, if he's going to do what he did at Raw Rumble. I mean, to me, I've, I've, I'm finished with him. My emotional connection has been severed. It's over between me and Bray. Sorry. And um, but I think you're echoing a lot of people's sentiments there, fans. Sandra, yeah. I mean, Sandra was, you know, the 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 Bray Wyatt super fan. You know, the Bray Wyatt stan. Even she's washed her hands from because who can be bothered? And then also this. You can blame Vince McMahon for a lot of things, as we should, but he had nothing to do, as far as we are aware, he had nothing to do with this incarnation of Wyatt. This is all Triple H and Bray together. Yeah. And it's a disaster. So It is. I mean, and Wyatt at the Pulse Royal Rumble press conference was saying when you've got to experiment with things. And yeah, yeah, I can understand that. You've got to try and move wrestling forward. It can't stand still. Um, but it has to be something that's going to provide, firstly, entertainment value, and he's going to get someone over and preferably not bury the person who loses. And to me, the Mountain G match got no one over and and made a, you know, I don't think it's ruined LA Knight's career. I think he can be rebuilt, but it's going to be a lot of work for him to get back to where he was before this thing started. Um, and I'm just not seeing any value in Lashley Wyatt at WrestleMania. I just, I can't imagine how it's going to play out. Um, But I mean, yeah, I blame, I mean, I blame Triple H. I blame Paul Levesque for this. I blame them for taking the money from Mountain Dew. This was a a sponsorship debacle. It was just all about making money. Um, You know, I, yeah, I understand. I understand the free market. You know, I'm not, in some ways, you know, I don't want to stand in the way of people making money, but WWE is making a hell of a lot of money, and it did not need to do this. They're not exactly hard up, are they? 
Exactly. I mean, this is not a company that's on the breadline. This is not ECW in 2000, um, you know, or, or many other smaller promotions out there that have to take the sponsorship dollars to stay afloat. I mean, that was just um, a pure gr- exercising greed, you know, at the expense of us, you know, the customers who are there, you know, week in and week out. And, you know, I'm still annoyed about it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't blame Lesnar for doing what he, for making this decision. And as for Lesnar versus Omas, I mean, I don't think the match will last long. I think the F5 spot when Lesnar, prior to Lesnar's victory, will provoke a pop. I don't think it'll be utterly worthless. It doesn't feel like a WrestleMania match, as I've said previously. Um, but, and yeah, I can believe that Vince, um, you know, suggested this or to to his son-in-law and his son-in-law has said, okay, let's let's go with this then. I mean, obviously he's still a majority shareholder. He's chairman of the board, executive chairman of the board. He's going to have conversations with his son-in-law about things that concern creative matters and everything else in WWE. So I can believe that he would have been involved in this on some level. And as I said on Tuesday, I think WWE feels like he doesn't need to give us Lesnar versus Gunter because the show is big enough as it is. And, you know, that match can take place later in the year. Hopefully it will still. Hopefully it will still happen. Bill Goldberg, fan, one of your favourites, he did an interview with Sports Illustrated and he has a a message uh, because he wants to do a retirement match. He said <laughs> he uh, he talked about how... Uh, you know, he basically said, you can never say never, especially in wrestling, and they owe me one. That's all I can say. I made a deal with the devil, and I did my job, and they owe me a retirement match. At the end who? of the day, WWE. Who, who, owes, who? WWE. who owes him a retirement match? WWE owes oh. him a retirement match. Um, and he says, at the end of the day, at 56, it's not something where I'm sitting by the phone waiting for a call. I've got a few ideas of how to do it on my own, possibly in Israel. So never say never. But, I mean... It's a weird one because obviously he was in WWE. I mean, did you see, I don't know if you caught this, um, did you see Goldberg's comments on Rihanna, the singer? Uh, was this to do with the halftime show at the Super Bowl? Yes. No, I didn't, but I... So, what did well, yes. so she she was the halftime act at the Super Bowl. And I, I you know, in our house, we, we, we are big, big watchers of the halftime show at the Super Bowl, really enjoy it. And I mean, Rihanna was, is pregnant. And you know she was basically visibly pregnant in the performance, but the performance was a bit dull, right? It was a bit boring, but it was inoffensive. There was nothing on, you know. There was no moment of sort of political activism that could really make you, you know, make half the people not want to see it or whatever. So she does the performance, and then a couple of days later, Goldberg says that she he thought that her performance was disgusting, and uh, thought it was horrible, but then somebody. Made a made a sort of short video on Twitter of uh, him saying that, and then cut to if Rihanna was to watch Crown Jewel twenty eighteen with Goldberg and the Undertaker, um, to see how she would feel about his performance level. Um, but you know his his performances in WWE since he came back in twenty sixteen. Obviously, the Goldberg program, the Goldberg Lesnar program, was really critically successful. People really enjoyed it. And it kind of went downhill from there, as we've talked about with the Roman Reigns match, the Drew match, the Undertaker match. I mean, if I'm Paul Levesque, I'm not in a hurry to be calling Goldberg up to do a retirement <laughs> match. 
<laughs> um, now, his last match was his last match with Lashley. Mm-hmm. And Lesnar won that one, didn't he? He did, yes. That was in Saudi, as... wasn't it? With the spear off the ramp onto all the padding. I think, oh no, was it Roman Reigns was his last match? Let me just get it here. His last match was the Roman Reigns one at the Chamber okay. last year. The year before that in Saudi, he he beat um was when he beat uh, beat Lashley. Um so yeah, I mean he's th- this decade he's had six matches. He he beat the Fiend at uh, Super Showdown to win the title. Yeah. He dropped it to Braun Strowman at the pandemic WrestleMania. Yeah. Then Drew beat him at the Royal Rumble 2021. I mean, that was okay. I mean, that was okay. He put Drew over and that was all right while it lasted. Two minutes and 32 seconds that one went. Yeah. Um, then he had the match at SummerSlam 2021 where Lashley beat him by referee's decision. Then they had the rematch in Saudi in October with the False Cut Anywhere match that was actually pretty well received. It went 11 minutes and 25 seconds, which was 11 minutes and 25 seconds is Goldberg's longest match since... WrestleMania 20. Yes, I can believe that. Uh, and then his last match was getting beat by Roman Reigns uh, in Jeddah last February. I mean, I don't think WWE owes him anything. Um, I think in many ways, going out with a loss to Roman Reigns and helping that project, um, you know, enhancing Reigns, you know, it was another huge victory for Roman. If I was... Goldberg, I think I'd say, you know what, that's a, that's a really good way to go out because no one could say that, oh, you didn't put anyone over. Um, I thought the Lashley match, the 11-minute Lashley match, was was actually was a pleasant surprise. I remember beforehand dreading that one and it ended up being, I think it actually ended up being quite entertaining um, and he scored the win there and I didn't really have any objection to that um, given the nature of the feud between them, you know, with... Goldberg's son being involved, you know, it made sense in the context of the story that Goldberg would be seeking revenge on Lashley. So all that, you know, that all was logical to me. So I was I was fine with that. And Lashley's at a point in his career where he can lose to almost anyone and it won't harm him. I wonder if we'll still be saying this saying those words after WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, we probably won't be saying these words after WrestleMania. But at this point in time, pre-Wyatt, pre, you know, whatever's going to happen there, Lashley's yeah. virtually bulletproof, I would say. Yeah, um, I, so. So, I mean, to me, this is the perfect time for Goldberg to just step off and say, I'm finished. I, you know, I had a... I mean, he was a big star, obviously. He made a lot of money. I mean, did he have a good career? I mean, some parts of it were. Some parts of it were not. Um, I don't really understand why um, he went after Rihanna uh, with such uh, ferocity. I mean, that's quite strong language, isn't it? I mean, I didn't see a performance. I, I couldn't comment on it. I'm not interested in commenting on it. Um, I mean, I can, I can say I can say with a fair level of certainty that if you were to sit down and watch her performance, right? Yeah. Where, I mean, I think that you would think it was quite dull because it was. But I mean, okay. I don't really know where you would get disgusting from, unless he somehow yeah. thinks that a woman who's pregnant, you know, did a performance is disgusting. Maybe that's what he thought. I, I, it but, just it's a strange choice of words. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't see why you would use that word to describe someone's musical performance. 
I mean, I will say with Goldberg, the match with Bobby Lashley in Saudi was pretty good in October of 2021. So he has had a match in the last couple of years that was passable with all the bells and whistles on it. But if he came back again, I don't really know who you put him against. There's not really... And then do you really want to spend your time building somebody up to lose to him? Does that do anything for them? No. I mean... Oh, I mean, I've just thrown it out there because people might be thinking it. Does Tony Khan see an opportunity here? <laughs> Does he see an opportunity where Goldberg's free? Uh, you know, stranger things have happened, Finn. But yeah. then I feel that the, the here's here's if I was Tony Khan, I actually don't think it would be the worst idea on paper. If you know, bring in Bill Goldberg for a couple of matches into a program, that'd be great. The problem is, is I feel that Goldberg in reality, would see it as a demotion. Yes. And he would do that thing that I think is really unfair when when former WWE names... I, I saw this in a Twitter thread, and I think it's so true, where when people leave WWE, it's like whatever else they go, no matter how well they're paid, how well they're treated, they treat it like a second-class company, wherever they go. And, you know, it's like... You know, Miro's an example, right? Even though Miro's not been booked very well. But when Miro was in WWE... And he was on Raw. He would he would lose. You know he would he would lose matches. He he didn't complain. He just did it. In AEW, he refuses to lose. You know he was offered a program last year. Said no because it was going to result in a loss at pay per view. It's like there is this kind of thing where certain wrestlers, if it's WWE, they'll let them do anything they want to them. But if it's anywhere else, it, they feel it's beneath them. And I think Goldberg would come in and say you were to do a program with him and Wardlow, right? And you were yeah. a three-match program, one win each, Wardlow wins the third, and the idea is that Wardlow is over from beating Goldberg. I don't believe Goldberg would put the work in to put, to get Wardlow over at all. No, I don't think he would either. So that's where I think it, fall, it falls apart there. And Israel, go for it. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe Israel would probably be the best bet because, you know, obviously... Uh, with Goldberg's background, I understand why Israel somewhere he would want to go and do that. Um, and you would probably get a really good reaction, and you could just, it doesn't really matter who it is. They would just be happy to see him beat somebody up. So it, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Israel, Finn. Goldberg on his own, going to do a show in Israel, retire there. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to do that, find someone to put the money up. I can't imagine he'll put the money up himself. Um, I mean, I know I wouldn't if I was him. Find someone to put the money up, and um, I mean, and just go over there and and say farewell. I mean, it's up to him, isn't it? Really. I mean, yeah. I don't want to see him in WWE again. And as I said, I, I feel like he's done everything. I didn't want to see him in his last two matches there, but I have to give him credit for the Lashley match and for putting Roman Reigns over as well. And I think to me, that's the perfect way to bow out. Is you you know you you settle the score with Lashley, you put the top guy in the business over. Um, I mean, you did something. You know, this was constructive. I mean, I thought he actually did a really good job putting Drew McIntyre over as well. Um, I don't know. I know it wasn't a long match, but I think that was useful to Drew's career. So I think he benefited from Goldberg's participation in that match. And I think he can just look back and say, well, you know what? If I do anything else, it probably it's not going to be as good as those matches were. It's not going to be seen as by as many people as those matches were. Go out on top. 
Why not just do that? Indeed. Wise words, Finn. Wise words. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Dax Harwood, who had an interesting episode of his FTR with Dax podcast this week. Oh, we should point out, no no FTR on Dynamite, Kenny. No FTR on Dynamite last night. We did get a a tweet from Cash Wheeler who said, do you all miss us or something? So they're still uh, playing it up. But the the team who are going into the four-way are Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy. They're going to be joining that four-way, which, I mean, it's it's fine. It doesn't doesn't feel like it's going to be the most exciting match in the world. But, you know, it's... (laughs) I mean, we've had tag title matches before that on both companies that don't really mean anything, so that's what it is. Um, yeah. But Dax had an interesting podcast where they were talking about the pinnacle, the faction in AEW. And I thought what Dax had to say here was was worth a little bit of discussion from us and, and get your thoughts. So he was talking about joining the pinnacle faction and he was specifically talking about a, a promo where... MGF was doing a lot of talking, but Tully Blanchard was there. So here's what Dax said. He said, Max was the one doing all the talking and Tully was just sitting there. So I told you the previous week, if you have a manager, the manager has to be a difference maker in your career because if he's not a difference maker in your career, then why is he there? Me and Cash, we would would sacrifice us and sacrifice our cool stuff to give something to Tully, always. Whether it was in the match with... We'll talk about it later. Darby and Sting, where Tully was the factor and the reason the match ended. We always gave him time to talk because if we didn't, then our group was dead in the water because then it was just three people together. So before this promo, I remember talking to Max and I said, hey, I think we should allow Tully to do something, some of the talking, because the promo was about 10 minutes long or whatever. Max was like, no, no, I really think I should do all the talking. And I'm like, yeah, but we've got one of the greatest talkers of all time, Tully Blanchard, and he's our manager and he's the reason we're all tied together. I think he should say a little something. Max didn't see that my way, and so Tully just sat in the back, and so did everybody else. And then later in the show, there was a a write-in question from someone asking Dax what he would... If he could go back and change anything from his time in the pinnacle, what would it be? And he said, I wouldn't have joined it. That would be what I'd change. He said, I think one person in the group probably thought he was bigger than the group, maybe, and probably felt this was just designed for him. and And maybe he wasn't the only person that thought that too. I think at first someone and maybe a couple of other people outside of our group too felt this was just a vehicle for MGF and them. We felt us and Wardlow, we felt that, and I say this being me, Cash, me, Cash, Spears and Wardlow, felt that we all worked well together and we could all get over and we could all get each other over. And obviously Max was going to be the main event guy winning the world title. We knew that. We felt that everybody could benefit from this group and in turn benefit from who we individually work with and in turn benefit AEW business. It just didn't pan out. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So it's a pretty interesting bunch of stuff there from Dax. What do you make of his assessment of all that? Yeah, I mean, looks like, you know, Dax and Cash are going to WWE next month. <laughs> That's my analysis. Um, I can believe it. I mean, MGF's clearly headstrong. He believes in himself. You have to in pro wrestling. I understand that. Um, but, I mean, they were right. I mean, if Tully doesn't get to say something and he's the manager, then he's just a spare pie. It's like a piece of furniture, isn't it? You've got to include everyone. You've got to let everyone have their say. I know people are thinking right now, well, Finley, on these podcasts, you take over and don't let other people speak. And, uh, you know, I am guilty of that, actually, doing that in the past. But I am mindful. I try very hard not to do that now. And um, this podcast and other podcasts that I've done. I don't, and, I, I, um, I, I don't think you do that. I think I, 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 I don't feel that way in any way, shape or form. Well, there have definitely been times in the past when I've done that. And I'm aware of that. I try very hard not to do that. <laughs> But, I mean, I think you've got to include everyone. Otherwise, people become ir- irrelevant. And um, and everyone, if you're in a faction, then everyone should have a moment to shine. I mean, clearly there is a star, um, and that star should have the most time. But I think to deprive, and certainly a veteran like Tully, and, you know, they were, I mean, he just became irrelevant, didn't he, at the end? And then they shuffled him off to Ring of Honor, and then he just quietly disappeared. I mean, I thought the way they treated him in in AEW and Ring of Honor was was woeful, really. To me, he was somebody who had so much more to give to, you know, the 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 product and to the promotion and to um, the viewers than he was allowed to. And I think this is just a, a glaring example of why, you know, he was you know shoved into the background and and just became, you know, irrelevant, a spare part, just. But do you think part? Do you think part of it is because initially there was so much promise with him because of the stuff that you know the six man tags with FTR and like he? I think because you were given that glimpse of what he could do and what he could offer, that was why it was more apparent when he was then not able to do that anymore. You know, it's not like we we were given a taste of what we could get rather than just not knowing if he still had it. So yeah, yeah, I think so. And also, I don't think enough was really done. I mean, the commentators tried, but I don't think enough was really done to communicate to a modern audience who this person is, who this person was. I mean, I know they don't have the tape library. You know, WWE has that, but I think more could have been done to make Tully mean more than he did. Um, and you know, I mean, obviously, he uh, he left WWF in. End of 89, wasn't it? And then yeah. he had the offer from WCW. He failed the drug test. So WCW pulled the offer. And he did very little in the 90s. He made, like, I think it was one appearance for ECW. Um, 
I mean, he did, he was, was it Slambury 94? I think he had a match with Terry Funk there. So, I mean, he did, he did do some things in the 90s, but very little. And he was a person who was really thrown on the scrap heap by pro wrestling, chewed up and spat out when he was still in his prime. Um, you know, and he freely admits that he made a mistake. Um, you know, and he's not blaming anyone for that other than himself. But it, to me, he was somebody that, that could have been brought back and he could have been a much bigger part of AEW than he was. And it's disappointing that MJF, you know, wouldn't just, you know, just cut off like a minute or 90 seconds of his talking time and allocate that to Tully, just out of respect for what Tully Blanchard had done for wrestling, you know, in the in the 80s and who he was in the 80s. And I think that sends a good message to the locker room that you're someone who's a team player and you want everyone to get over and it's not just about you. Um, so, yeah, it comes across as kind of, you know, eager maniacal, really, doesn't it? Just saying, well, we, he doesn't need to speak. I'll do all the talking. It's like, well, it's not just about you. It's about everyone. And, yeah, you can be the star and you can have the most airtime, but, you know, let's share this out here so that everyone gets a turn. Uh, so yeah, very disappointing to hear that story, Kenny. Yeah, it's and I mean, do you think in terms of FTR, think we're going to WWE? Um, how do you think? Let, let's say you know they cut, they go back under Paul Levesque, and then Vince comes back in six months. Do you think they have a chance, or do you think that uh, is it a big risk for them? Well, it's definitely a risk because that could happen, and lots of people are already predicting it will happen that Vince will return. Um, well, I don't know whether he will or he won't. I mean, he probably will. I mean, but it's hard to know for sure what's going to happen with Vince. I mean, if he's there in the background, and I wrote about this actually, Kenny, in Q&A in the latest issue about how Paul and Vince will have conversations and they're going to discuss things. And, you know, Vince through that, he's going to be able to, you know, funnel his ideas through to the creative team via Paul and, it's just, you know, in that in that discourse that they're going to have on a regular basis, obviously ideas are going to be uh, debated, aren't they, and, and thrashed out. And inevitably, some of what Vince suggests is going to be used. So he, he does have a voice because he's he is who he is. Um, but I mean, as far as him returning full time, yeah, it would be. Um, yeah, I mean, we've all we we we, got, we all remember the you know, the backwashing incident, don't we, Kenny, in the showers? <laughs> and just the way that they were just, you know, just treated as like a bit of a joke, really. Weren't they beaten up by, was he by DX on one of the legend shows? <laughs> yes, the the infamous Raw 25 show where they were beaten up by DX. And, you know, I actually, I did an interview with DX the other week and um, it's on our YouTube channel and, I asked him about that. I asked him about the whole because you would you would think that because he, they were in NXT that they would have been immune from the burial of DX. Yeah, and, uh, and that kind of led him into an interesting conversation where he said he didn't feel like a Triple H guy. He didn't feel like he was one of his guys, and you know, uh, and he was only. I think one of the stories he said was only Sean Waltman was someone who came up and said thanks for you know just letting us beat you up essentially, and that obviously then led to the. The, the social media feud with Road Dog, who thought that he was well within his rights to just beat up younger talent whenever he feels the need to come back, looking like an out of shape dad. Yeah. So, I mean, we all have 
memories of the way they were treated when they were there previously. I mean, I think they've proven to everyone in AEW that they can be major players. And I think they are they could be double champs in WWE. I think they could be a huge part of the tag scene. And there are some really good teams for them to work with. I think they would have there will be a lot of support. I mean Seth Rollins um Seth well, yeah, Seth Rollins in the latest issue. Uh, Seth Rollins in that interview with Wrestling Inc. was asked about FTR, wasn't it? I wrote about this in the latest yes. issue. And he was very supportive, you know, of the return of FTR to WWE. And Rollins is obviously a big deal there now. I imagine that he will have some sway backstage. Um, but I mean, if I were FTR, I think I would take that chance. I mean, you know, the whole AEW thing has just been odd. There's so much more they could have done there. There's so much more they could be doing right now, as I've written in the magazine, as I've said on this podcast. Um, and it just seems like it just seems like they're on the way out. It just seems like their time is up, even though it technically isn't until next month. I just don't see a bright future for them in AEW. Uh, whereas in WWE, yeah, things might go wrong. But also they might go very right. You know, they might go very well. Yeah. I mean, they could be huge in WWE. And it's, it is a different environment now, even though, obviously, this is the company that gave us the pitch black match. And he's going to give us Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, but it's also given us a lot of really good um, content as well. And I think FTR could be part of that. Yeah, finger, fingers crossed. I think. I mean, the good thing for them is they've got people like you know Cody's there now, and I think Cody's a supporter of theirs, is and is someone who really enjoys their their stuff. So, oh yeah, hopefully for them it works out and they can they can they can make it because I think with with them in AEW, I just don't. I mean, even if this has a whole angle they're doing right now to kind of set up them coming back, I just don't think it's going to last for them. I think it's going to no. it's going to peter out. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just it just it just feels it's like they just feel like they've been forgotten, don't they? It's not like they're they're keeping their names alive on TV, is it? No, yeah, it's uh, it would be it would be a weird a weird way to do it. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I mean this this is more just for my humor to bring this up to you. So, um, Rick Flair has said that he feels. There's something wrong because he thinks that, um, you know, obviously there was various wrestler of the year stuff that came out from you know, our magazine, different places. And the, the main names that tended to come up were Roman Reigns, Moxley came up in other places. But Ric Flair's annoyed because he feels like Charlotte was the best wrestler of 2022. She's done a, a hell of a job and she needs to be recognized as the best worker in the business. <laughs> Is this nepotism slightly thin? That'd be what we class this as. Yeah, not exactly an objective observer. <laughs> um, well, I mean, she she departed in May after her loss to Ronda at uh, WrestleMania Backlash, and we didn't see her again until the last SmackDown of the year in December. Was it December 29th or whenever it was? December, End of yeah, December 30th in December Tampa. 30th. So, I mean, she didn't do anything for basically seven months or whatever it is. So, I mean, or, or even longer. Eight, was that nearly eight months? Yeah, yeah, nearly eight months. Yeah, yeah nearly eight months. Sorry, mathematics. Was that's never... how good she has spent it. With eight months off, she was still the best, according to old Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of Charlotte's. I think she's really good. 
Um, I mean, she to me, she's the biggest female star in the biz. I really hope that she puts Rhea Ripley over at WrestleMania and they have, you know, a show-stealing matchup. Um, I, I, it feels to me like this is Ripley's time to take over and become champ. So I hope that does come to pass. So I'm a fan of Charlotte. I think she's tremendous. But I mean, how can she be the wrestler of the year when she only wrestled from, you know, January through to early May and then one match in or one TV match in December? I mean, that's not a wrestler of the year. Someone who's been off for nearly eight months. <laughs> and uh, as you say, I mean, she is his daughter. So I think there might be a, an element of bias there. An element of bias from old Rick. Who would have thought it? Uh, well, so that's all the time we've got for today. Uh, we hope that you all enjoy uh, Revolution this weekend. Uh, obviously, you know, that, that 60 minute Iron Man match should be should be pretty uh, exciting. Obviously, we got we got the f bomb from Brian Danielson last night on Dynamite. So he's he he did say last night his dream is now to be the AEW World Champion. So he did tell us that finally on the. All oh, right. Okay. Well done, Brian. <laughs> nice to nice to give us that at the end. Um. But yeah, so we'll be here to talk about the fallout from uh, the big fallout from big fallouts from that show, and obviously the uh, fallouts from fallouts from Raw and SmackDown, uh, the big confrontation with Roman and Cody this Friday, and then next week we have. Has there been any news for Raw next week? Yeah, oh, yeah, John Cena returns. John Cena, and then we've got Logan Paul and Seth Rollins face. Who would have thought that we'd be in a position where Finn Martin wouldn't be able to contain himself? And the return of the big JC. I'm giddy. I'm, I'm well, just, I, just, I want to see him wear that blonde wig. <laughs> yeah, the blonde wig from uh, Die Hard 2. Yeah, geez, oh. I mean, if only. Uh, but we will be on full hair watch next week. We Tuesday. will be. And have you noticed that Cena, I mean, I don't watch Cena movies, should not come as a surprise to anyone. <laughs> I have seen the trailers, and he seems to play the same character in every movie. He does. He does. He um. He, I got sent. Robert Duffin sent me a recommendation. Where was it? Um. He said that there. So him and his his, uh, his lovely other half Claire were watching uh, a, a a movie, a Sky original movie called The Independent, where John Cena plays a presidential candidate, and apparently at one point during the movie says, "My time is now" in his speech, and <laughs> it also has Brian Cox in it. Ryan it's a political Cox. thriller with John Cena as the babyface. Wow. There you go. You can only imagine. I mean, it, you know, I'm having a hard time <laughs> seeing the appeal in that lineup. <laughs> John Cena as a politician. Well, he's fucking played the part for long enough in real life, so... Well, I suppose so, yeah. You know, method acting 101. Uh, but anyway, we... <laughs> I mean, Brian Cox, Brian Cox, I can't imagine Brian Cox is hard up at the moment. I mean, his career is doing, he's like, oh, was he succession? He's in all sorts of shows that are successful. I mean, what, what a strange combination. Brian Cox and John Cena. <laughs> I mean, I am morbidly curious, but I don't know if I'm morbidly curious enough to, which is funny because I was watching uh, the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, the the vampire show, um, and because my other half had got me onto it, and we were watching it, and it's it's very funny. It's based off the movie, and there's one scene where the vampires go and they have to go to this vampire meeting, 
and they go and there's this male and female vampire and I'm sitting there looking at the male vampire and I'm going that really looks like Batista but in my, in my mind I'm going there's no way Batista's in this and it, it was Batista he was in it for an episode playing a, a vampire who'd been uh, brought up on charges for a crime he didn't commit wow. Dave doing the grunt work you don't see I... you don't see Dave out there doing doing the, the the you know the major stuff. He's he's down the trenches with you know what we do in the shadows and he's doing movies with Jodie Foster. I mean, he's doing it you know for the art, Kenny, not the money for the art. Well, because I'm sure I said somebody had made a point where Batista might be the best actor out of all the wrestling actors. I think they could be on something. Yeah, I've written those very words in Inside the Ropes magazine. That'll be where that be where it's, it's come from. Though. That's where it's in my mind. Then you've you've brought it to the the front of my mind. I, and well, I, then, I, you've just ripped me off again. <laughs> well, you interrupt me all the time, so we're we're even. Um, but yeah, so Batista, but he is a very good actor. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, we'll listen. We'll let we'll let you all get on, everybody. Thank you for all your support. We do really really appreciate it, and especially you know in January and February for you guys to be able to keep uh, pledging on Patreon to us is a big help. Very it much sure is. It certainly is. And we're now in March. Please let it warm up soon. Yeah, please, please let it warm up. Um, but yeah, we will be back in Tuesday on the main podcast, What's Going Down, covering all the big stuff going on. So thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 